The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 34. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts dealing with the difficult question, why do bad things happen to good people? Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Back at the end of July, I got an email from Lou, who had written to me to encourage me when I had taken a hiatus last year, and then he was writing back with a suggestion for a topic. Lou wrote, I wanted to take the opportunity to suggest a topic for your podcast that may or may not fit into what you envision the podcast to be. The topic that troubles me, and I suspect many others, is the age-old question of why God allows bad things to happen to good and or innocent people. Come to think of it, this could be a whole series of podcasts. The reason why I'm asking is that I live in the Northeast, where a horrible homicide of a family took place not far from me. You may have heard about it on the national news. It involves a home invasion and a triple murder in Connecticut. This tragedy brought back a lot of feelings I had just after September 11th, and it challenges one's faith. We have all had to find some sort of explanation for these evil acts in the context of faith, and I am just not sure I'm as secure as I should be on this question. Anyway, if you think it's something you might want to cover in the future, it may provide some guidance to many, maybe a series of Bible sections that address the issue. What do you think? Well, obviously, the fact that I'm reading that letter means I think that it sounds like a really difficult thing to do, but I'm going to give it a try. And I figure that this is either going to end in something that you find useful that you tell your friends about the Bible Study Podcast, or you'll all unsubscribe and I won't have to worry about spending time doing this anymore. So either way, it seems like it could be a win-win there. What I am planning is a series of podcasts on this, and so no podcast will certainly be complete by itself, and I'm also not expecting that I'll get to the end and you'll feel like I've answered all your questions, but hopefully I'll have given you some tools to deal with it. So let's start with the basics. Let's start with sin. These verses from the second chapter of Genesis I think will sound familiar. From verse 8 and 9, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then skipping ahead to verse 15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat it, you will surely die. And in the off chance that you're not aware of how that story turns out, turn the page, you'll see a story about an apple and a serpent and sin. And when I say sin, I mean that state of brokenness, of broken relationship between us and God. And although this may seem obvious, and it may seem like, why are you going that far back? One of the reasons that I bring this up is when something terrible happens. So for Lou, it was a triple murder in Connecticut. For me, this morning was opening up the paper to see a child who was killed by a mother's boyfriend. There's this sense of, that shouldn't be. There's an outrage of, how could this happen? And an instinctive knowledge that things shouldn't be this way, which is correct. This wasn't the original plan. We do live in a broken and fallen world, in a world where sin 
in general, not just individual things that we do wrong, but this separation from God has been created and the relationships between God and us and between us and each other have been broken. And I think when we have that that ought to moment, as C.S. Lewis calls it, that outrage, that's actually evidence for an, our understanding that this is not the way the world is supposed to be. Think about it, there is an alternative worldview that this is just accident and that there is no divine into what is here. And in that worldview, then it's survival of the fittest. And anything that's laid on top of that, any sort of morality, any sort of criminal code or whatever, is just a social contract. It's just a broken contract. It's not right or wrong, because in that worldview there is no absolute right or wrong. But the outrage that we feel is deeper than that. The sense that this is not the way it's supposed to be is deeper than a broken contract. And Paul goes on to say in Romans, in chapter 8, that all of creation then is broken because of this brokenness. He says that the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay, and brought into glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. In small ways as well as big ways, whether it be war or pollution or deforestation or whatever contribution we're making to global warming, those sort of things that we do are affecting even the world that we live in. And then as we move from the generic, the state of sin into sins and to those things that we do, jumping back to the first three chapters of Romans, Paul, through those chapters, spends time dealing with the Gentiles and the way they are, with the Jews and the way they are, and ends in chapter three with, what shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles are all alike under sin, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands God, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, they have all become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And he goes on to say that famous verse, which is Romans three twenty three: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is this general problem that we all have, which is sin and self-centeredness. And then there are specific manifestations of it. When I pick up the paper and I read about someone who has beaten and killed a child, that was certainly a terrible, horrible, incredibly self-centered act. And when I say self-centered, what did that child do? Did the child cry at the wrong time? What was it that led someone to think that that life of the child was of so little importance compared to what? Peace and quiet compared to who knows what. But murder, mass murder, are an ultimate selfish act. But they're just 
a more severe case, perhaps, of the same disease that I suffer. In the sense that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have that self-centeredness just in different amounts and played out in different ways. As those of you who've listened to the podcast before know, I teach a Bible study in Juvenile Hall on Tuesdays, and I've said this before, that I teach currently in a unit that is for violent youth offenders, uh, many of whom are going to be charged as an adult, uh, or some at least to whom are going to be charged as an adult, and at least one that I know that goes to the Bible study is a murderer. And I think he would tell you the same thing, that looking back on it now, after having been changed, that murder is a selfish act. That assault is a selfish act. Robbery, clearly, a selfish act. Gossip, lust, greed, sloth, adultery, just different symptoms of the same disease. That self-centeredness of sin. And that's why, in the Gospels, Jesus says that the person who hates is like a murderer, that the person who looks, the man who looks at a woman with lust in his eyes, is like an adulterer. It's the same disease, just slightly different symptoms, and heading on the same trajectory. And so, as we start looking at, and this is just the beginning of a discussion, obviously, on why bad things happen to good people, let's start with an understanding of at least why, in part, bad things happen. And obviously this is only in part, there's a number of different ways that we're going to look at this, but in part, and for a large degree, bad things happen because this is a broken and fallen world. And because those choices that we make affect each other, and those choices that we make that act out that disease of sin have consequences that hurt and kill and maim which seems like a terribly upbeat note where to end the podcast this week, but that's as much as I wanted to cover this week. For the two of you who turn in next week, we're going to continue to look at this, but we're going to look at it in a couple different ways over the next few weeks. So I would encourage you to take the whole journey with me, if you will, and see if we can learn anything from this. I'm suspecting you may have some comments on this, so feel free to send them to me at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave them on the blog at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.